Mini episode 1108 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Oh, man. You know, so so he comes out for that, the, 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 the Brock match. It was what it was, and it was like, I, I, I think I gave it like about three stars because like to me like technically the match was only like two minutes but there was that match three, three stars? stars yeah I thought so well I don't maybe maybe not everybody I think they were qualified or the old school no rating well <laughs> wasn't even, that was a, nothing happened I guess I look at it like differently than other people do like I look at it like two and a half stars is just the medium. Like two and a half stars is the most basic thing that could ever happen and then if it's better or worse than basic and I thought it was a little bit better than basic. I the did, whole thing. I did now, like the match itself. No, but I'm taking into account oh, the pre the pre attack, the whole the, yeah. the selling, the the whatever of it. Uh, the, I mean, the match itself should have been more than what it was. But I, I do like the fact that it went on first because Brock Lesnar wanted to go home. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's, that's such a Brock Lesnar thing to do. That's why I love him and think well, he's one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time. You know, because the, he he has worked to everyone. The man knows everyone. How to project, project his brand. That's for sure. Holy crap! Yeah. Like, and the best thing is, if he shows up after the UFC, it's like, hey, I want to come back to work. He'll still get to come back to work. Yeah, he will. Well, and now with AEW being out there, although what kind of balls would it take, right? After getting probably more than anyone's ever gotten out of Vince McMahon since he came back in 2012 to just do the yoink and jump over to AEW would be hilarious. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Brock yeah. Lesnar versus... But here's a problem, too. Brock they're Les- not going to give him the same deal. They're not going to give him the same deal. That and Brock... They're going to want Brock Lesnar to put on his working shoes. And Brock right. Lesnar can put on his working shoes when he wants to. Right. And I guess if you pay him enough money and he only has to work like once or twice... <laughs> right. He'll put on his work... I don't know. We'll see what happens there. But you know what? Well, as selling far, for Jericho doesn't much, sound like anything he's interested as in. As much as it pains me that it was CrossFit Jesus that ended his <laughs> run... Um, that's cool. At least Brock did the right thing on the way out. There was no, like, I thought Brock was going to win and then just lose it to Roman, like, whatever the next show is, but no, I mean, that's cool. They've done that before. Yeah, so they already did that, so there was something different and fresh, and, you know, they, you know, it's, um, it's what it is. It was a, it was a great way to get the, the crowd, because that crowd went nuts. When Brock went, went down, I'm like, well, hey, Brock, get up. One, two, three. You know, they, of course, everyone looked at me because they were wearing a Brock Lesnar t-shirt with right. Cleveland on it. They were like, ha ha, and I'm like, I don't well, care. <laughs> they, they, they learned the lesson of past things with because Braun Strowman was greatly damaged by not beating Brock Lesnar. Roman was damaged by how long the chase took. At least they realized with Seth Rollins, you want to push this guy to the next level, he's got to take it here. Yeah. So they did it. They learned their lessons on that. They're going to go with him as a working champ. We'll see. Until they move him to SmackDown next week, that would be interesting. Yeah, that 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 would. Would be. the Universal Title turn blue then? 
they just change titles. They they have physical titles and call it different things. I guess. I don't oh, know. I, I think I would love it if they turned the universal title blue. You think people hated it when it was that's red? Yeah. Imagine if it was blue. Yeah. They'd be like, ugh. That's true. And by the way, they they could allude to this: the fact that Rollins was in the first ever universal title match, and and he's finally now gotten it. So, yeah. You know, it's 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 kind of come full circle for him. But it's a thing, and obviously the superstar shakeup uh, is coming up here uh, right after we record this in the next couple of days. But I, again, I have no intention of getting into every match from the show because, like I said, it's like WrestleMania week. There are so few things that stand out because so much was going on. And while WrestleMania week, you'd be hard pressed to say less is more because everybody's out there making money. That's what's important, is people are out there making money. It's not that, gee, it would be cool if there was only three indie shows so we'd know what to talk about. I mean, that's not the point of all of this. The point is to make money, give people what they want, service every single genre, niche genre imaginable. You were participating in things with niche genres I had no idea existed. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. I had no idea. That's like, and it's just like, okay, going from one thing to the next to the next to the next. It's absolutely crazy. It's funny you mentioned uh, at Mania. You, uh, mm-hmm. Like, well, I couldn't review the SmackDown tag team titles match because that's when I was meeting David Arquette downstairs, which was really comical. I don't even know how I ended up in that spot. Again, that's, that's outstanding. That's like when Whiskey Drunk Jake was just like, okay, I'm gonna uh, just go through this door, and so I went through this door, and then I go over here. And I'm like, I'm like. David Arquette, former WCW champion. I'm like, can I, can I get my, like, can I get a picture with you? He's like, absolutely, man. Hey, so you know, you know, we take a picture and I post it on. I'm like, oh, that guy. He goes, these guys right here flew the helicopters over to the bed, uh, the building to start the show. I'm like, really? Like, yeah, how you doing? I'm like, well, they introduce themselves. I'm like, cool, thank you for your service, guys. Take a picture of them too. It's like, what a weird. Like, I'm like, I'm like, then I posted it online. I'm like, on my Instagram page at my real name is Jennings. <laughs> um, I posted it on there, and I'm just like, my. Uh, I just took a picture with these guys that uh, David Arquette just introduced me to. They flew the helicopters over the start of the sta- over WrestleMania. I'm going to see to start WrestleMania. My life is weird. Well, yeah, and, and the <laughs> thing of it is, and where I give you credit, and where you are different from some of the other folks who are my friends, who are part of this vast menagerie that are called my friends, many others out of that group, when as inebriated as you would be, would would not would use certain judgment that would be lacking in certain occasions. Certainly there would be some of my friends in that situation that would be like, You couldn't make it work with Courtney Cox? What's your deal, man? But you didn't do that. You didn't no, do that. No, I wouldn't do that. I mean he's a former WCW world heavyweight champion. You gave him the respect befitting a former world champion. And the funny thing and is hardcore legend. Here's now. here's another weird factoid. Um so do you remember he wrestled in that death match and got like uh and got hit in the jugular and Luke Perry took a David Arquette. Right. He wrestled a death match and right. uh, the late Luke Perry took him to the hospital right. after the fact. Um and he wrestled Nick Gage. Right. Yeah. I, I hung out with Nick Gage the two nights before that at a at a, a alleyway in Queens and walked out there and Justin's like Nick Gage and I'm like what up man he goes and Gage are ta- Nick and I are talking back and forth and he just I'm like your picture with you for sure he goes I got your back and I'm like hashtag MDK I'm like dude awesome if anybody who's like legit shooter out there <laughs> to have my back like yeah Nick Gage in, so in terms like, of degrees of separation you are 
the real world Kevin Bacon as far as you know right? between people because right? here's another show too. Let, let's let's go back to the show that set up WrestleMania Fast Lane here in Cleveland. So me and my good pal Ron Glasnap, we're chilling in the Fox Sports Ohio booth. Ron's able to get the loge sometimes for these shows and uh, always asks me along when he's able to do that. You were at the show, as I know you are sometimes want to be, so you and I sometimes would get together up on the concourse there. When you're up making a beer run, I go up there, talk with you, we grab a selfie, and we even did the whole uh, selfie of a selfie uh, picture. But then you didn't think to get a selfie with the first person who walked along. And granted, we were there for about a half hour, 45 minutes BSing, but there were no less than five people who walked by who recognized you or you recognized them, you made an entire photo album out of your trip to get a beer of people <laughs> who encountered you. Hey, Jake! Like, yeah, that's your reaction. Like, you haven't moved. Yeah. I was like, no, I haven't. I'm just staying right here. I was I like, this by the spot. third person, I was just like slack-jawed. I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's just see how many people it's going to be now who are like, friends you know, of this. It's yeah. a wrestling show. So yeah. it's like, it was just, and there were people from all different walks, like, except for Island Square, yeah, uh, Julian Lane, fighter down in uh, uh, UFC fame. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, um, yeah, just random, just like, oh hey, I know you. Oh hey, what's exactly. up? Exactly. Let's. Yeah, that was that was some and good times. Again, I have to take my hat off to you because somebody like uh, FDH director of research Nate Noy, I love him to death. But Nate's not a tactful person when he's sober, much less inebriated. He and I were once at a, at a fantasy basketball draft when he went when he got loaded and inflamed a tense situation by asking somebody in the room who certainly wasn't expecting to hear this question, why does Rick Morris hate you? So, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Thank you for that, Nate. Thank you. Oh, I wish I was there for Thank that. you. And, and, well, the funny thing is, this is a guy who, I don't hate the guy. Uh, you know <laughs> I don't I'll, hate the guy. I, no, 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 no. I, I have some fondness for him. I'll even name the guy. Shout out to John Stanforth. He's a guy who... Hi, John. Here's what's funny. Ricky doesn't hate you. Back in the day when I worked at the Cleveland Athletic Club, I had taken over the job from my best friend. The, the world's strangest resume line. Club pro for the bowling center slash communications director for the club. Interesting. You don't find that on too many no. resumes. So... My best friend was my was the predecessor in the position. So John used to tell my best friend, oh, things are so much better when you were running the place. And he used to tell me, you're doing a much better job than Jeff did. Not ever thinking we would compare notes on these things. So I didn't hate John. I just laughed at him for his whole whatever he, whatever work he was well, doing there. Well, I'm glad you clarified that for all of our, the listeners out there. <laughs> They're working well, exactly. Myself included. Well, it's a, it's a, yeah, a goofy little story. My point is, you are you are as tactful as you need to be in any situation, even when you're inebriated. Nate Noy would have said to him, you know, David Arquette, answer me a question. What was more painful? Uh, getting cut off from getting to be with Courtney Cox or getting your jugular vein burst, or whatever happened. He would ask yeah, I guess it's just because I'm a happy drunk. Yes. And I was exactly. in a good mood, and I was in a good spot, and he was also happy, too. Exactly. He was super happy. He was just like, yeah. David Arquette, what's yeah. up, man? I was like, that's, that's freaking amazing. Well, you know, he's, hey. He'll always have the memories of being with Courtney Cox. 
so that's and good then enough. And they also have the memory that he met Jake Digman. Yeah, and then he was the world heavyweight champion, no matter I, how he obtained it. I was never the world heavyweight champion. Yeah, so. yeah you know that's so one dude who honestly should go into the celebrity wing of the Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, and he should actually be in the Royal Rumble one year because oh, yeah. people would be like, "What?" That they would, would get so amazing. mad. It'd be great. Put it him in the Rumble. Be. Like, yeah. It would be awesome. For it would it. be it would be out, outstanding. So I'm glad you got to see him at Mania. You didn't miss anything with again so many of these freaking matches here. I mean, I, I was talking to a buddy of mine before the show who is somewhat of a lapsed fan, and he's somebody who I know is like a Rey Mysterio fan. And I missed I that said, match too. Oh, I said to him, I said he's going <laughs> to be in there with Samoa Joe, who's really awesome. I said, but that's not going to amount to like anything because, and I didn't know that they were going to work the injury angle as much as they did. And I guess Ray was legit injured too, but to make it like a two-minute squash or whatever it was, I mean, but what was the best case scenario for that match? It goes six or seven. There's 14 freaking matches on the main show. Like, none of them have a chance to shine. And I've said this until I'm blue in the face. I'll say it one more time. Do like a 20-man Raw versus SmackDown tag match. So, sort, sort of Isn't like... Isn't that the Battle Royal? No, but I mean, like, but you put some actual stakes on it, and it's like, we're going to be putting some of our heavy hitters and Do like a 10-on-10 10 10 10 match. Don't make it elimination. Do it like the... I can't even believe I'm citing as a positive the Team Johnny v. Team Teddy match from WrestleMania 28. But they, they took a dozen guys there, and they put them in a match where they at least pretended it meant something. I often... Like, I'd rather see... And, like a ten or eleven match WrestleMania, where what, where that's one of the matches versus how are we going to wedge all these guys in there? I actually I didn't mind that. it. I hate the mentality of how I actually. Gonna wedge yeah, I mean, honestly, I didn't mind it. It's not one of those things that really you know doesn't bother me. Right. Um, like I like the battle royal concept. I just think they need to count for something more than well, just yes. a trophy. Now, for example, it's like you want to get everybody on the card, and you say, let's say, hey, the winner of the battle royal gets a title shot the next night on Raw. Or gets a title shot against the new champion, or something. Something it has to count for something. Well, and then they win, and then it's like okay, because then you could actually put names in there, yes, and it would matter, and they're actually fighting for something, and yes. you could have little mini matches within it. I mean, now it's just like, hey, you win a trophy that you're gonna forget about in two days. It's right. like, hey, Mojo Raleigh, how you doing, buddy? Good to well, see you. Yeah, that doesn't. Exactly. Cesaro, what's up? How you doing? Like, doesn't well, count for anything. It doesn't, and that's where I, I kind of who felt won, like- Braun. Braun, Braun won. Yeah. yeah, I was there. Braun, I know. Yeah, I I mean, Braun yeah, but it was a thing where, and, and also from the pre-show, the cruiserweight match. I did watch that one. It was. Oh yeah, cool. Tony Nese won. Yeah, Tony the Nese, Yeah, that was that was a good match. Here, here's the thing though with with that battle royal. What, what I thought too, and and again, the fact that they've at least temporarily now. I think with the superstar shakeup and the fact that they are going to be distinct brands going into the fall now that Fox is going to be taking over SmackDown. So there's the lines of separation are going to have to be firmer. So I think they probably will return to different authority figures on each show. But if you've done it with the GMs to where, let's say you do it, as corny as it could be sometimes where it would be the red shirts versus the blue shirts, where, where you're wearing the shirt of your brand and... The GM's walking around saying to people, "Hey, man, you win. I'm going to take care of you." Like, like you could say, you could do it where there's a title shot, or you could do it to where, you know, the the winning wrestler, like their brand, 
stands alone or whatever it is. You and I know that the stakes never mean anything, but a way to do it to give more weight to that match. That's another version of what I'm talking about. Maybe it's just a battle royal that means something. Yeah, just it's because it just needs to have a meaning to it. Right. Not just a match for the sake of a match that you can get on the show. Right. Because that has like, no, like that has absolutely like no value to it whatsoever because yeah i mean it, it, you know what and and this is going to sound weird but almost sort of a model for this was now granted it meant something because it, it had something of the football v wrestling thing but wrestlemania 2 that was a battle royal where yeah. it felt like it meant something yeah and you know it, now yeah it's it, so i just i just think they should just, like for both of them they should have to count for something and if right. it, counts, it, it would have more interest and more prestige to it people would be like yeah okay I, right. you know i want to be on board and that, that it would make sense you know for guys that would want to be in this and not the here you go i mean learn the nxt lesson less is more because this yeah. is the thing where this was the long, I mean, in terms of 14 matches you harken back to like WrestleMania four. Nobody remembers the WrestleMania four card fondly. I for do. much the same. I reason. only do because my parents bought that when I was a kid on pay per view, and that was the first pay per view I ever had. And I had that VHS tape, and I must have watched WrestleMania four seven hundred times when I was a kid. How many times did it take you to get through before you, you you could stay awake all the way through? Oh, I did a lot of fast forwarding. Oh well, there you go. There's a lot of fast forwarding. Yeah. I pretty much just watch all the Macho Man's matches over and over again. Yeah, well, you know, since, since the theme of '80s WWE wrestling was cocaine and rest holds you know you probably did a and then lot on of that same it. tape which uh-huh. unfortunately got cut off was um the great american bash 1988 with the th- the thunderdome or Ooh. the tower of doom okay so yeah I, got, I had the tower of doom match which was terrible yeah was so bad late era dusty so booker. bad yeah and then it cuts off like halfway through, and I remember like I remember being so upset because I didn't get the main event with uh-huh. uh, Lex Luger and Ric Flair. And then many years later, I got to see it, and it's like Luger wins the title, but he doesn't because of blood. But he had no blood on him. Yeah, very weird. Yeah. Well, and, and again, the you li- kids with your network have no idea how spoiled you are. You don't know the struggle. <laughs> <laughs> the the late great American Dream, Dusty Rhodes who, uh, again, I have a world of respect for, and I guess because of our friend Ryan Ward, Dusty qualifies as a friend of a friend. Nevertheless, a real eye roll on my part. I don't know where this bullshit comes from about the Dusty finish. I'm sick of hearing about that. Because you beat it to death all throughout your reign as Booker Dusty? Yeah, that's where the Dusty finish comes from. He can't hurt you anymore. (laughs) He can't hurt you. I mean, unless you watch AEW, I mean, the son of the son of a plumber's on there, so it he could might be. he might start doing the Cody finish. It could be, yeah. So, you know, it, it's a show that now, I gotta say, I mean, it, they they sort of psyched us out at WrestleMania because both early on on the show with the t- from the title changes and from the babyface wins, it was like, okay, they're gonna swerve us at some point because some of the like. You knew the Kofi thing was going to happen. You knew the Becky thing was going to happen. But from that point on, I mean, it was like, okay, Finn Balor is going to be protected in the paint, but are they really going to change that one as well? Yeah, they did. I mean, it doesn't mean anything. They're playing hot potato with the IC. But, you know, the Demon goes over one more time in in the paint. But it was a thing where... Because did you get that sense watching it? And again, with, with your blood alcohol level, I don't know if you were really firing on this level, but were you getting to the point of, like, with all these title changes and babyface wins, 
There's got to be some unexpected things coming here, some big swerves. No, I wasn't overthinking it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was just like, you know. But, dude, that's how they I, usually work, though. But I wasn't overthinking it, especially at that okay. point at, at, after being around so much wrestling that weekend. Yeah. I wasn't being like, okay, I just I just wasn't. Okay. And, uh, yeah. It was point just well like, taken. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I was actually happy that I listened to the crowd. Like, right. the, the moment when Kofi Kingston, I'm not a. Kofi Kingston. I'm not a hater, but I've never been a big Kofi Kingston fan. But to see so many people in that, that was like that feel good, like, oh my god, our guy won. Like, right. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, again, I'm not against it. And it was just like, you know, the genuine raw emotion behind that. That was probably like, okay, so my three favorite, some of my favorite memories from the WrestleMania itself, that one. The one, you mentioned Finn Balor. I wish they wouldn't have announced him as being the demon. If he would have just come out as the demon, yeah. I would have, I would have quote-unquote, marked out like crazy for sure. that. That would have been awesome, but I knew it was coming, so I'm just like, he's going to destroy him. Right. And he did. And I was like, yeah, I got what I, I, that's what I wanted to happen, and it happened. Right. Cool. It's like, you know, Kofi Kingston. I actually wanted Daniel Bryan to win because I thought they had legs of the, that character still, and he could still win it and get it back and get, get, me that, get that hemp title back out I there. I do think he's going to be I, the guy I, for the, much of the next year. I do, I do support so. the, you know, the, the, the Kofi Kingston and, you know, everything. Like, dude busted his ass. And, he's and proved me wrong. And There's more to him than I thought there was. The, and the fact that, you and, know, and, you know and, and the, the fact that, you know, this is the first ever African American. Literally, he's from South Africa. Right. He's well, the first ever African American WWE champion. You don't bring up Mark Henry in the World Heavyweight Title. It's a different belt. Okay. And you're going to bring up the Rock. the Rock. The Rock only got that title because of his Samoan half. It wasn't his black half. Look at the history of the WWE. All right. Roman right. Reigns, Yokozuna. Yeah. All right. You didn't see his dad as the champion. No. Right. Yeah. So it's the fact it was that half Samoan half that got the Rock the title. So, I mean, he'll count. But well, I don't remember the WWF title reign of High Chief Peter Maivia. Is that a flaw in your theory? Uh, it, it was there. You just it, it, you just didn't see it. <laughs> no, but that's like, I mean, if you just look at the whole thing of, like, the history of that, it's like, the, even The Rock himself says he doesn't count. He yeah. said it himself. He goes, no, I'm not. <laughs> like, how can you true. say that? But, like, yeah. you know, so The Rock technically is. But right. there's never been, like, even from the people, the adulation right. of the people are just like, holy crap, like, it's a moment you never thought you would see. It's like, I, and it's kind of, that was kind of the theme of this year's WrestleMania, too, right. with things you never thought you would see. For example, we got to a fun discussion at this one, because I had said to my friends, uh, my, our crew we were with, that I, I asked them a question, what is one thing you do not want to see at WrestleMania? Mm-hmm. My answer, and I got my wish. The Undertaker. Yeah. And the reason why was eventually he has to not be there. Right. So I was like, how? I'm like, oh, so, and then they said to me, they go, so if The Undertaker interrupts Elias, you're going to be upset. I'm like, no, I'm not going to be upset. Right. I'll, be, I'll appreciate the moment, but I would do something different. And then we got 2004 John Cena, which for me personally, I absolutely loved because it goes back to my WrestleMania 20 experience I had talked about from 15 years prior. And that was the Cena that we got back then. And it was like, the best part was everyone afterwards when they're looking on their phones and like, oh, he caught a promo backstage and regular. He's not actually the doctor of thugonomics is not back full time i'm like no he's not but he's not back full time right. it's like that's when you gotta look at guys and go come on dude don't read too much into it don't overthink well, it just enjoy it for the in the vacuum in the bubble for what it is enjoy it in the little moment there and you know hear him this little rap and you know it was it well, was fun i thoroughly enjoyed it and i know this whole like you're burying the young talent like yeah well hey 
It's been happening for years. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man. The, 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 the and then the next night, Undertaker does it anyway. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, the, the, the goofiest video interruption that we've ever seen. The Babe Ruth thing I thought was just dumb. I texted you. I said, I think our buddy Ryan Ward might have come up with that one. I have not reached out to Ryan since the show to confirm that. That's I didn't ask my... him. I just thought it was, I like the whole, it just made no sense. I'm like, okay, wait, so he's the Babe Ruth? I thought Hulk Hogan. Wait, no. This, the, well, no. They're, no, they're because they're trying to paint uh, Cena as the best of all time. But here's the thing, though. You go back to it. I mean, Kyle Ross and I talked about it on the show back in the day. The whole thing, it, it's so ridiculous when people pose the question of, how did John Cena become so massively unpopular in 2005 and polarizing at best? Because it's bait and switch. Yeah. Because they decided in 05, oh, he's going to now be the Marine, hustle, loyalty, respect. Dr. Thugonomics is what brought him to the dance. Yeah. That's what got him over. Yeah, everybody loved when Dr. Thugonomics. When he became the PG hero for the kids, yeah, dude, no, nobody signed up for that John Cena. Ever. It's, you can Ever. tell the moment, it's when he beats JBL. Yeah, that's when he got the title. All of a sudden, he like he, he it was the the equivalent of the Kev, uh, Diesel Big Daddy called Diesel in the corporate right. car. Like nobody wants because everybody right. wants wrestling fans at their core. I believe want the badass that's gonna like yep. step up for themselves as like the heart, like you know, and that just just but I mean Cena survived through all them troubled waters, and he went, and here's another thing too. Mm-hmm. I never thought I would see again mm-hmm. that sold out. Crowd, mm-hmm. what eighty thousand? Okay, seventy-two thousand. I don't right. believe the numbers they ever say are real. Yep. But wh- however Work. many people that were there was chanting on their feet, chanting Cena, 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 to the point where we started doing a joke, going Cena sucks. And we're not doing that anymore. That's not a thing. We're not, <laughs> that we're not doing that. All right, just checking. We're cool. All well, right, just checking to make sure. Um, and. So Probably for the reason we're talking about, because he got back to what got him over in the first place. Yeah, and everyone was just like, I heard of a great meme that was absolutely hysterical. My buddy was telling, showed it to me, and it was like, it, on it, it had uh, the dad. And the, the kid looks up to his, looks at his dad, and the kid says, Dad, why is John, why is John Cena using all those bad words, and why are you crying? And the dad looks down at the son and goes, because the doctor's back, son. The doctor's back. <laughs> I mean, that whole thing, yeah, his his whole rap, that's what got him over in the first place. And look, if you go back to 2012, he did it for like one week against The Rock, and I think people, it was the only week where he was more pop. well, I, not more popular than The Rock, but at that least... That was in Cleveland. That was in Cleveland, yeah. Rock rap battle. Yeah, and yeah. It, you know, he, he was at least in the same area code as The Rock as far as popularity for one week, because again, that's the character people remember fondly. And before there's a term that we have invented on this show, and, and, and it is a thing where it is all throughout history, because I've even stipulated that in 02, like when The Rock, you know, like by later in the year when he left, okay, he was starting to get a little unpopular. Remember Brock got cheered over him at uh, SummerSlam? Oh, yeah. But, like, I go back to earlier in the year. I was, I was watching the Royal Rumble, and The Rock is wearing, like, and granted, it's a couple months after 9-11, but he's wearing like this super earnest post 9-11 shirt and we are the brave and we all like, like the rock should have been wearing a shirt that said al-qaeda i will stick my boot up your candy ass like it was off brand for him to be wearing an earnest patriotic shirt and it's like the grand unifying theory of history is vince has to white meatify everything 
He's got to make a white meat baby face out of anybody that gets cheered. And you know what? Looking forward. God help you, Becky. God help you. You seem like you're bulletproof to that, like Austin was. But the white meatification of every baby face throughout history. Triple H in, in 02. That was the know, worst. All of a sudden, he's like, worst. he's a pussy who's got his wife, you know, abusing his dog. Like, what happened to the guy with the sledgehammer? You know? Yeah, that was... Like, and he talked all, all the time yeah. like this. Yeah. I'm the game. If it wasn't yeah. for you, Ric Flair, there'd yeah. be no me. It's like, just be DX. He actually talked normal. It's right. like, why were you talking like this right. all right. the time? Yeah, it's like Vince's whole thing of like trying to make people accessible and everything like that, and where everything has to be versus the machine. I was so disappointed that the thrust of the Kofi feud was that. I mean, for Daniel Bryan's character, if he's going to go anti-consumerist, this is the ultimate foil for him. Right? They didn't. They didn't do any anti-consumerism in the whole thing. It was just Daniel Bryan echoing Vince McMahon. He he did some interviews on off to the side where he was critiquing the consumerism of New Day, but that was the greatest foil he could have had in the whole company. Yeah, and they blew it. On I that mean, I, I would assume that that program's not over. It and might it's going to keep going. Yeah. And that's but where... Like, yeah, I agree with you. He's going to be more bitter, so he's going to play up that side of it. But let me tell you I'll something. I'll say that Brian shows up on Raw. Could be. But, and I hope not, because that character is too great to be lost in the shuffle on Raw. Because that's what it's going to be. I and, mean, yeah, I don't know. You also got to realize they're looking forward to the fall, so why not, if you send him to Raw, send Roman to SmackDown? Eh, maybe. I mean, and this we'll is... see, that's another conversation well, for another day. It, 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 it is. But here's the thing. That it, for people like me who have stipulated, and when you go back over a period of time, that Daniel Bryan has got to be on a short list for the greatest of all time. Who else could do the Kofi before there was Kofi angle in 2014 and five years later be the hated antagonist foil for the guy doing your same thing? How many people could do that? Like when they first turned him, I was like, good luck getting people to boo Daniel Bryan. Oh, me of little faith. Because, you know, because I thought he'd gotten to that point that Ric Flair had gotten to. Because Ric Flair, I know he's always preferred playing the heel, but like from 1999 onward, no promotion ever did good business on any level with Ric Flair as the heel because the fans were like, this sucks, we don't want to boo Ric Flair. And the harder he would try to get you to boo him, the more... Not a big fan of 2010 TNA? Uh, No, no, not at all. (laughs) Not at all. 99 WCW... O two WWE like nobody want it was it was demoralizing. It was like screw this. I'll go watch something else. It's too demoralizing to want to boo Ric Flair. And I thought Daniel Bryan had gotten to that place. Maybe Daniel Bryan's got a gear that Ric Flair didn't have at that I, point. I, I, and I do love the fact that Daniel Bryan, like you know, a year ago it was his comeback story of mm-hmm. like oh my god everyone going crazy and like and everyone immediately every and if you don't every armchair booker immediately assumed that he came back that the main event of Wrestlemania was going to be Daniel Bryan versus The Miz for the WWE Championship and he was finally going to overtake him take out the foil I've been talking about him for all, all this time mm-hmm. and then stand triumphantly part of the thing I think also that people didn't really I, I, I count on in this is that with 
um, uh, Miz and Mrs. and the various different things. Miz kind of got over as a likable guy, or it's just yeah. like he's like you know what's what makes him so bad because he's putting over how great his wife and kid is, right. and like and I think one of the things that motivated Daniel Bryan to come back, I truly believe, is to be a heel. To come back yeah. out there to be this character, it's like to be like the, the uh, a new version of the American Dragon, yeah. Where it's just like, because dude has chops as a heel. Where it's like, yeah, yeah. I uh, that was you know I absolutely love that character. I well, still do. I think it's his best work, yeah, maybe ever. Because yeah. you know, I mean, and it's that's it's good to have him back and to see that. And it is, it is, Mister Small Package himself, Mister Small Package <laughs> yeah. himself. You know, it's pretty and good I'll, stuff. I'll tell you what. And they're moving towards, because again, we, we saw it with the feud with The Miz here, and you're right, he's doing it. And, and here's the thing, too, by the way. And I had said this probably about 10 years ago. It was before the, the, they turned Miz the first time. But the way that the crowd's always been follow, you know, they, they'd finish his catchphrases and stuff. I'm like, I'm not comparing to The Rock. It's unfair to compare anybody to The Rock. But I've always said that. He has the makings of being. A, good, a really good baby face, you just have to, once again, not get white meatified. You have to turn that on the heels. And, and he really hate chicken. Uh, <laughs> I love chicken, actually. But you have to turn that attitude on the heels. He's, do, he's working a good program with Shane McMahon thus far, even if their garbage match left some stuff to be desired. But we're on the verge of seeing, because I think Daniel Bryan's going to get the title back at some point, a very believable heel Daniel Bryan v. Face Miz program. And it's going to work. And who would have ever believed that in a million years? Kudos right. to both of them. Yeah, yeah so, I, I agree. You know, they're not splitting those two up. They're going to do that program. They're going to be on the same show. My guess is it's going to be SmackDown. I can't wait till they get split up. <laughs> <laughs> they better not. Oh, yeah, totally split them up. You can't, you, you, you can't backburner that forever because, again, tomorrow's never guaranteed, especially with Daniel Bryan's medical history. you got to do everything you can do while you can do it. Uh, people were expecting earlier in the show, Randy, uh, you know, Randy Orton v. AJ Styles would have been a better match. My, I, to that, I say, well, Randy Orton was one half of the match. Why would you have expected that? That that guy to me has been about as big of a waste of space in the main event picture and quasi main event as anybody. Just just not a fan. I don't find him compelling. Every match is the same. Every set of moves is the same. <laughs> Here's the best thing about Randy Orton. What? Everybody hates him, but whenever the finish happens, they all pop. People pop. That's literally that's yeah. all. That's literally all. Randy Orton could sit out there and do nothing, but, and he'd hit the RKO. And they'd be like, "Yeah, that's the only thing." Really, like I actually, I really want Randy Orton to win because I. But they blew the spot that I wanted right. on SmackDown, where as soon as he hit him with the RKO and the phenomenal four, I'm like, "Well, Randy Orton's losing," right. because what other? I mean, what's he gonna do? RKO him out of a right. Fosbury flop? That's not gonna right. happen. But, but he, he's he's a lazy turd. AJ Styles carried him as far as he could carry him, I guess. Other things here and wow, there. A lot, a lot of a lot of a lot of vehement hatred for the Viper, the Apex Predator over there. Just just not a fan. I uh, follow his wife on uh, on uh, on Instagram. She's a pretty cool follow. Okay, I don't I don't know anything about that, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Somebody that I'd said before a couple of years ago that I'd sort of compared to The Rock. Uh, as far as I thought potential upside and hasn't even come close, Sasha Banks. Evidently, if you've heard some of the scuttlebutt... She's a bitch. ...post-mania. <laughs> well, dude, but again, super talented. That boss character, red hot when she came up. 
I mean, I so, mean, was it or was it Red Hot in NXT? And then when she came up, she didn't have a boss character. She was a lackey to Naomi and Tamina. She she turned face because the crowds forced them to turn her face. Okay, I, get I was at the pay per view. Uh, what was it? Uh, Fast Lane Seventeen. Holy crap, dude! It blew the roof off the place when they played her music now to open the show. She had just turned face at the time. Oh, I mean, I that, that. that's she. She's got she's got charisma. She's got. She's got know, a bad work, attitude, working though. boots. <sighs> she has a bad attitude. I can tell what? you straight from multiple people. What's I've that? seen it personally. What's that they say about the real person turned up to 11? You know, so, I, mean, I mean, I don't know why they never turned her heel. Yeah. But I, mean, I mean, she was begging for a heel turn. Well, along like, these lines, if you've heard the scuttlebutt that she asked out when they decided to give her... Uh, you know, the, 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 the tag team titles here. The fact that they were giving them uh, to the colonics, as I like to refer to them. Uh, Billy Kay, the iconics. Yeah, I, I just... Talk about two that thus far have only been, like, all, you know, uh, I personality, just hope, Mike skills. I just much. hope they're transitional champions for uh, the Pirate Princesses. Yes, yes, or, hopefully they or will. whatever be. they're called. Or, yeah, or so, somebody somebody that can work. Because I'm pretty sure Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai are getting promoted. And again, they're from, Kyrie Sane is from Stardom. That's and right. after watching Stardom this past weekend, available on Right. Oh my God, more of those that we, I can see. the like, Just bring that whole league and make that the entire women's division. Right. Like, let and them just do everything. I hadn't heard this before the NXT TakeOver New York show. It was a treat a couple times to hear Romaro Ronaldo use the phrase... The genius of the sky, Io Shirai. I'm like, that's freaking that awesome. That's pretty good. That's, that's pretty badass. That's pretty I love great. it. Yeah. So, yes, hopefully they'll come up and get the titles immediately. And then the boss and hug connection can chase it, I guess. But I, I guess that, in, in a way, with that division, segues to the main event. A main event that I don't think any of us feel like in toto stands, you know, it, it holds up to what we expected. There were a lot of moments where it's like, oh, it's cool to see this. But as a whole, it was not quite what I thought it was going to be, hoped it was going to be. I, I've had some more, more casual friends who've just sort of tuned in during WrestleMania season that have been like, yeah, I don't get it with Becky. I don't know why that match was the main event. I'm like, dude, She's been the most interesting thing in the company since SummerSlam. I mean, she earned it. The man character is freaking awesome. And you know me. Number one, I'm not a feminist. I'm not somebody that's going to say it. Just, oh, I want to see the women spotlighted. Screw that. I'm not a a person. Rick Morris hates women. You heard it here first. Doesn't hate women, (laughs) but doesn't feel like anybody deserves anything special. they earned it. For that. Yeah, she earned it. And second of all, the other thing you know about me is I love, in this day and age, when we can do something different. You know the high hopes I had for 205 Live. You know oh, how I aspired for that to be something, right? You you know how I wanted that to be something. So it could be an important part of the fabric that's different. And that's what Becky is. Becky doesn't feel like anything else in this company because she's not a Vince McMahon creation. She was the fourth of the four horsewomen at one point. A, a distant fourth, let's be honest. As babyface Becky, now she's Becky two belts and she's the most over thing in the company. Yeah, I yeah, mean... I mean the thing that was weird about that one, so mm-hmm. like, mind you, we also had been there. At this point, my my buzz is wearing off because mm-hmm. I've been there for so long. Okay. Um, and when like the finish happens and it's over, mm-hmm. and we're like, that's it. Oh, okay. And the crowd like, yeah. 
because of how weird the finish was, the yeah. crowd didn't. You didn't get that pop that you could have gotten. They didn't right. build up any drama to it. It was just oh, pin done. Right. Like the one of the reasons why, um, like the finish to WrestleMania 20 was remembered so fondly. I mean, now it's not for obvious reasons. Sure. But we're gonna sidebar that out as far as the wrestling goes. Is the way Triple H sold that finish right. and made it like you know that's the finish I thought we were gonna get is where she makes Ronda tap out and because uh, at this point like, allegedly Ronda refused that as a finish. Well, I mean, so. I, I could see that, but at the same, like, I think that was the agreed finish, but Ronda worked herself into a shoot, and that was that. But And then the, supposedly it was supposed to be Charlotte tapping out, which... That would have been awful. Which would have been also make... But then it also would have left on the table that you still had Ronda Rousey who, who could go away and still had not have been beaten yet. Like, that, I could see that. Like, I could see the logic behind that. But now, I mean, or even if you're going to have it where she loses, like, pinned, just the way she was pinned, it was just, like, so anticlimactic. I was like, it that's was. how you end Ronda Rousey's year-long winning streak? Like, okay. Uh, I, I, I was yelling at the TV because it was, like, it's not exactly a dusty finish because they weren't going to take the belts off of Beck. But, like, this, if, if this is the Austin at WrestleMania 14 moment, if this is the Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30 moment, if this is your, we're, we're, we're pushing you to the top of the mountain, this is your star-making moment, you don't do it anticlimactic. You don't do it by thinking about the rematch a year down the line. You build the rematch another way. Look, what was more definitive than Hulk and Andre WrestleMania 3? And by the fall, they were doing the whole thing of, oh, Andre had him pinned earlier in the match. Something that they didn't even talk about at the time. They were able to go back subsequently and make it a viable hook for a rematch. You don't have to taint the finish, Jake Digman. I you agree. don't have to. It's the, it, and allegedly now it was an accident. But it was like, if it's an accident, why is Corey Graves babbling like an idiot incoherently about, oh, I'm not so sure she pinned her. It's like, oh, great, great. Just throw more excrement on Becky's moment. Just just go ahead, Corey. I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, I was there live, so I didn't right. hear the commentary Go back and play it through. And... All right. I didn't know if you perhaps had it on your <laughs> no, phone no. as well. You didn't. Okay. No, no. All right. That was... Corey, go back and watch it. Anybody that knows is probably shrieking along with me right now. As Corey Gray, I, I don't know. I think Ronda's got a case here. Like, he's so busy playing the heel commentator in that moment that it's like, dude, it's over. Becky won. This, this is where you do... The take your hat off to the you know new champion. Oh God, I don't remember which show it was on, but I'm gonna sidebar real quick. Yeah. So there was this one of the shows we did, and I don't even know if we were filming it or like I don't know if we were just there. The ref accidentally counted three. Like he counted one, two, three, wow. and it wasn't the finish. So okay. he said two, and the fan of the row was like. That was three. He goes, it was two. He goes, you don't know how to count. Neither do you. It's like, this is, <laughs> what? That's so great. It was a clear botch. One, two, three. It was like two. Like, he yeah. never got up. Yeah. Uh, I was just like, yeah. I was uh, like, oh, yeah, look at that. These refs don't know how to count still, huh? I mean, uh, I, I, I would have wanted to be the ref in the ring for all the tea in China in that moment because it's a thing where the, the right, and this, the ref... I don't know how much the refs are allowed to improvise. If I was the ref and I was allowed to improvise, I would have just like counted two and then like made Becky rehook her. But that's I don't know if the refs have that kind of latitude or whatever. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't. And that's you know, but yeah, it, it was 
I'm sure somebody got yelled at backstage for that one. But it was a thing where, again, a a, a really good match at the end of the show, uh, but, a, again, not everything that it could have been. The finish was, was much less than it could have been. That everything, was terrible. Everything was <laughs> Kofi. Is, is it fair to say, you know, like, the right match ended the show, because Becky's the one that's most over. But, like, if Kofi ended the show... That would have been one of the best endings we've seen to a WrestleMania in years, would it have not? Yeah, I agree. And that, then if they would so, have done the Becky Lynch thing, right? Also, I mean, the, that match should have ended with Ronda Rousey tapping out. It should have. And like, and if she's like, "Oh, I don't want to do that," it's a fucking work. Well, here's the thing. Too. <laughs> it's a work. Here's you the know? thing too. It better damn well be next year. It better be because you know you you, you got to have it go that way. And you know, Becky's now using the whole thing of like I beat her with a wrestling finish. She was talking down pro wrestling. Well, that's 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 good for. Her. I mean, you know, Becky's so smart about how to be able to play these things and her social media game too. The thing of when she hit back at, at Ronda, when Ronda did the whole thing of you know, looks like you're looks like you're holding the dick you wish you had. And Becky photoshops her husband's face on yeah, the other Yeah, that was pretty. You're good. right. That it was, does that look was, that way. That was that was pretty funny. That was amazing. But it was you know again, the the week was was super crammed. And that's inevitable, and that's a good thing. It's good for the week to be super crammed. WrestleMania itself, not so great. I'd like to see it streamlined a little more. Some moments that we're going to remember, but not nearly as many as we're going to remember. And uh, again, oh, mine I'm going to remember pretty much happened before WrestleMania, but that was for the pre pre uh, exactly uh, other reasons because that was just uh, you know I I am happy to say that I enjoyed WrestleMania for what it was as a celebration of all things pro wrestling. Yeah, and. At the and, and we got to see Pyro and Pyro was cool and that was really great and it was just like because Pyro isn't a thing anymore so it's pretty awesome looking up into the sky and like seeing that go off and just like you know the little things of it that aren't there anymore and I kind of went in especially after doing so many shows in a row mm-hmm. I didn't go in with the oh my god where's the booking gonna go with this and oh my god who's gonna do this and what about I didn't I did had zero intention they could have right. they could have had Ronda Rousey backfist both of them in two seconds and pin them both with the pinky finger then I probably would have laughed and yeah. found it hysterical like well, just because I was like I'm like ah that's funny and I'll you know? tell you this it's one of these things where I'm so happy that the way that it is, and, and one of the things that's so great about the man character is that you, you can be surly. You can say these things, and probably a lot of the things she's actually wanted to say for years as a shoot. But there was some interview I saw her do after WrestleMania, and it was just one of these things of her throwing shade on the company that was just so awesome. She's like, hey, you know, and I came out there and Wow, it took all of this for me to get my steam back. Because I noticed it at the time, like, oh, they gave Becky her yeah, steam back. Yeah, they gave her back. her steam back. You know? was, yeah, yeah that, was, that was pretty good. I thought that was pretty, just, pretty clever. I love her taking a shot about that. The, so the <laughs> so the Charlotte Flair entrance, where she comes to the helicopter. Shades of the 85 back. Which was really cool, <laughs> except for the fact that we're all like, it was so windy. Right. That we're like, oh no, she's going to crash. She's gonna, what if she crashes? What Shane's if she crashes? Gonna to, Shane's going to have to laugh. And then it flies by. We're like, uh, the, like uh, they didn't show because we didn't have any access to the big screens in our seat. Oh, okay. All we saw was like their entrance, like, their Titan Tron videos and stuff. Okay. So we didn't see anything that happened. We're like, oh well, what she do? Like then obviously she's coming out of like down the aisle. Like what she do? Parachute out? Like cause we didn't <laughs> see like where she came from. We just saw that a helicopter was flying in over the stadium. So we're like, yeah. oh, 
Well, that's that's cool. Yeah, it did. It was, well, that was a pretty cool homage to her dad. And, it's, it's been a that. tough time in the family. I mean, you know, she lost her title. Her boyfriend lost one of his two names. So, I mean, you know, now he's just Andrade. So Wait a minute. She's know. dating Andrade? Yeah. You didn't know that? Oh. That's, that's evidently a thing. Wow. Yeah. Good God. Imagine those kids. <laughs> <laughs> gonna have to get the height from the mom. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, I mean, like, we're gonna get, like, well, half luchador, half flair. That's weird. Yeah, it's a weird combination right there. Well, if that's hard to picture, I it, it's it's even it, I won't say harder for me to picture, but uh, what the kids would look like from uh, Alistair Black and Selena Vega. Yeah, I mean they'd actually probably come out normal and be tax accountants. It, that would be funny. <laughs> that would be so <laughs> funny. Be perfectly fine. And by the way, by the way, you talk about and this may might be a good thing to bring the whole week. Uh, to a full circle kind of a thing. The ultimate, and, and, and I understand that these, I'm not being cynical about this, that uh, such things are generally a love match as opposed to a cynical nature, you know, as far as super breeding. But I'm telling you something, the ultimate in super breeding athletically. Uh, have you heard that it's apparently a thing of uh, Casey, I forget her last name. Casey Catanzano? And, and Ricochet. Good God! Yes! Oh my God! That's well. That makes sense, though. They can like those climb kids on walls gonna, and like you know. Those kids are going to be able to jump eight feet high. Yeah, that's going to be that's great. Casey, the, I love Casey Kelly. Those good for you, Ricochet. Good for you. They're kids, Trevor. Man, you're the man. Kids <laughs> will be able to dunk a, a, a regulation basketball hoop in grade school. Can that, can that be his new name, Trevor? You the man. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, by the way, good way to bring this all uh, uh, full circle. I'll, I'll, I'll wrap with a little story here. I'll take it back to with, with Ricochet and everybody that was involved in the halftime heat match. Because uh, I, I made a point at my Super Bowl party, I wanted to watch that. So I went in the dining room at a Super Bowl party, and my longtime friend and FDH Lounge dignitary, John Adams, joined me. Because uh, he, he's, he's a super casual, so he didn't know any of these guys. He knew a little bit of the Velveteen Dream character, because I'd played him some promos, so he's in the Velveteen Dream. But he's watching the match, he's loving it, he's oohing and on, whatever. We're at the Super Bowl party, our good friend Phil Basowitz walks by, hi Phil, and he walks by, sees us watching us. He goes, what are you guys, 10 years old? And keeps walking. <laughs> Such, yep. Yeah, the life of a pro wrestling fan. It's the burden we carry. But it's never a burden. It is always awesome to do a show with you, Jake Digman. Thank you for giving of yourself yet again to be here for this. It was as grand as we knew it would be. Oh, I had a great time. Um, thank you for having me. I'm going to go explore some of the other rooms in your castle now. There you go. <laughs> thank you, my friend. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in to FDH Lounge Mini Episode number 1106. As we bring the show to a close, we would like to extend our deepest gratitude to NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, all clear channel affiliates, TNT, TBS, USA, UPN, Deadspin.com, YouTube.com, YTMND.com, MySpace.com, various blogs, Fox News, CNN, CNBC, MSNBC, IamBoard.com, Billboard.com, Google.com, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN News, ESPN Classic, NBA TV, NFL Network, Sports Time Ohio, Athlon Magazine, Comedy Central, Cartoon Network, The Boomerang Channel, QVC, BET, The Spice Channel, Steno Notebooks, Manwich, Papermate Office Supplies, Waitresses, Strippers, Bartenders, Garbage Men, Janitors, Microwave Popcorn, The Writers of The Office, Scrubs, Entourage, My Name is Earl, Oz, Metalocalypse and the Boondocks, Aquafina, and the Periodic Table of Elements. 